Welcome to The Boss Lady Speaks. I am your host, Johanna Sawalha, aka Coach Joe, and we have a very special guest today. I have Katie Galambos. She is a Googler, and you, Katie, you were literally swept up by a Google, what, practically on your college graduation days like oh we pick you and you've been there ever since which is a good decade you are in ad sales at google uh basically you you run meetings all day long and you speak to groups of people all day long and one of the things that we've been talking about and that i am so fascinated with knowing you is people's biggest fear worse than death is public speaking and for you that's like bring it bring it like give me a stage give me the people and we've also been talking about like what like what you stand for and your vision and the fact that that is a creative process but that does not take away from the leadership you bring and the fact that people listen to you so how's that for an introduction so i'm going to kind of turn it over to you it's all true and it's all true right and it's all true so so the fact that you are at google uh, a powerful woman in a powerful position at google quite young is fascinating just from the get-go so anytime people hear that almost like a meme they want to know like how how'd you get there what did she do what what's her special you know superpower so could you just give us a bit of background to you and let's say how come, what do you, why do you think you ended up where you are today? I think there are uh, a lot of factors that all aligned. You know, we all could have ended up in a million places. My journey to Google was almost like so crazy and unique that it is like cliche in it. I have a crazy storyness about it. Yeah. Uh, I was, I, I went to Yale on the East coast and I had accepted a different job. I was going to be a consultant. Thank God. I'm not doing that now. Right. Um, it, and I, I was, I was off. I signed the acceptance letter. I wasn't even looking for other jobs. And one of my good friends who was a year older than me already at Google in a very technical role, um, one that I would never be qualified or interested in, uh, said, Katie, my team is hiring. I want to do a sort of recruiting session on campus. I'm really worried people won't come. Will you just come and be a body in the room and, and be supportive? I mean, this is a joke. Like it's, it's Google. Everyone will come. I promise. But yes, sure. I will come and, and support you as my friend. Right. Um, long story short, after the event, I couldn't understand a word of it. Grabbing beer, pizzas, the recruiters are there too. And I'm just shooting the shit with my friend. Mm-hmm. And mid conversation, one of them interrupts me and just grabs my hand and says, you would be great in sales. Do you have a resume? And I'm like choking on my pizza. I mean, it's, it's Google. Like working at Google seemed like, like going to the moon, you know? Right. I know people yeah. did it. Um, but it was just even, even being at Yale. And I mean, that's crazy looking back how I felt about it, but it was just so out of reach. Um, and so when they said, I was like, yeah, you can have my arm. Like, are you, of course I have a resume. And it was just very sort of fast and furious application process after that. So I think I ended up at Google because I I was in the right place at the right time, but also because um, I think, you know, you and I talk a lot about this idea of a superpower. Mine are pretty extreme. And I was lucky enough to be around someone who recognized that at the right time. So I've always had the superpower, 
someone else saw it and you know that was sort of my big moment i guess and then so what is it what is this type. superpower of yours like what do you like tell us yeah so i think it's some intersection of a couple components one you certainly hit the nail on the head i love speaking i love public speaking but i'm not sure if this is like a mutually exclusive component here but i also love people I could never do a job that was completely isolated, that didn't have a team component. Um, right now I work with external clients, which is sort of a whole nother layer of working with people. Um, but this intersection of being able to work with people, share information, um, you know, that's sort of Google's underlying mission is being able to make the world's information accessible. Um, and yeah. I'm very drawn to that, but yeah. I light up. Um, and I think that's, a really critical part of identifying a superpower is figuring out, you know, what comes naturally to me? What can I just organically kind of give back to the world and what lights me up in a way that makes me want to do it and I'm good at it. Mm -hmm. So that's that speaking, that people, that relationships element of it. Um, and then I think the third component is just a thinking component. Uh, anything that I'm gonna do, I think the intersection of that speaking, people and thinking, that's what really gets me going. And so do you think that you have to be born with this? Were you born just like, hello world, here I am? Or did you cultivate it? Can, can people cultivate it in your opinion? Yeah, super interesting question in that um, I have been looking into this exact question over the last couple of years of, are you born with it? Uh, can you develop it? Um, I will answer that. I think that's a two part question. Was I born with it and can you develop it? Separate things. Was I born with it? I do think I was born with a lot of this sort of innate Katie-ness that's in me. Like I talked to my parents, I talked to my friends from growing up. Um, a lot of descriptions that I even get now in performance reviews are pretty congruent with, with stuff I've heard all my life. That said, there are definitely components that I've had to work to develop um, to hone the skills that certainly weren't natural and that I've had to consciously and very intentionally uh, cultivate. And this sort of, to the second part of your question, like, can you develop it? Obviously, spoiler alert, yes, I think you can. But specifically, I've taken a lot of inspiration from this uh, idea of a growth mindset. I'm not sure if, you know, you, you talk about this with your audience often, but Carol Dweck has uh, published a book, has a lot of TED Talks. Um, and I've been very inspired the, by the idea behind this philosophy, which is, if I were to put it in Katie's words, something to the effect of the idea that, the skills you are born with are very malleable and you have the power to shape and develop them. Um, I think too often people decide that the decision was made for them and that they're either born with a skill or they're not. You know, smartness or intelligence is a really great example that often people say you, you are smart or you aren't smart. Um, but this theory of the growth mindset would suggest that you can decide if you're gonna be smart. Um, you can become smarter. You can actively train yourself and develop skills. And I find that very powerful um, in life. I take great, I don't know, um, comfort in and sort of am very um, electrified by this idea that I am in control of a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think the idea of the growth mindset suggests, no, like it is your fault if you take what you were given and just decide that's it. Rather, we all can decide how we want to be and what we want to be. And not like a doctor, a lawyer, a, a, a you know teacher, but what we want to be in the sense of, I want to 
be smart. I want to be caring. I want to be thoughtful, et cetera. How did you develop the things you decided you were going to develop? Because clearly you did. How did you do that? What are some ways? Um, yeah. What are some ways? Well, I have definitely, and I don't think I did this intentionally at first. I think it was, a, uh, it just happened, but I definitely leaned into areas where I already had, I think some probably positive affirmation from society, from places I'd been like, you know, in school, you're told you're smart or you're a good speaker. And so when you're told you're good at something, you, you do it more. I mean, we could get into the, the fundamentals of, of the education system in America at a later date, but um, it, it's very proven. And I think it would be remiss of me to just say, I totally thought it all up in my own brain. No, I'm sure I was influenced heavily um, starting right. from a young age mm-hmm. by being told I was good at certain things. Mm-hmm. But I also identify what I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think being somewhere like Google, seeing a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds being really good at a lot of different things makes you realize like all these people are really good, but I'm kind of like them. Like I'm here, I made it, I belong here. So I can be good at these things too. Um, And I think that has given me a lot of unrecognized until recently, but confidence in the ability to try and continue to grow and sort of challenge myself to not just sit back, but be like, no, I'm going to be good at that. Like, right. there's a lot that I'm naturally really good at and you got to right. find the stuff that you got to be better at. Right. Um, and then you can, you can kind of bring yourself up to it. So let me, let me see if I get this straight in the way you're describing it. Is it that if I were to identify myself with people whom I want to emulate, is that a driver? Is that a puller towards that? You know what I mean? Like I, the whole I can be that too. If I surround myself with those people who are just a little bit better than I, or just have some stuff that I don't have that I want to have, I know I might have the seeds for it, but it's not developed yet. Is that what we're talking about? Is that what That's you're part saying? Of it. Mm-hmm. But I don't even think you have to surround yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, not everyone is going to work out at Google. Not every, you know, Michelle Obama isn't one of my close friends, unfortunately, but I can identify her. And so I think if you can identify people that you want to emulate, that have something that you really, really respect and the ability to sort of step back and recognize like they're just people too. And there's not that much different between us fundamentally. The fact that like we all have neurons in our brain that fire, we all like intake the same sort of uh, six senses of stimulation, you know, and the rest is very, very up to you. And I don't know, that gives me a lot of hope thinking they can do it. I can do it. Right. Right. And, and of course, here you are at Google. Give us something like, what is it like? What other than seeing other smart people and, and then seeing that you yourself are one and you belong there. What are some things on the inside that you notice? Let's call it about the way people are, the way, the way they, because there's, there's got to be a culture. There's got to be a tribe at Google, a certain way that made it. So you made it in there, right? Tell us about that. Um, I, yeah, I should preface by saying I've drank the Kool-Aid and I know it and I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, so yes, I, I've been there almost a decade. It's almost, you know, I, I wouldn't still be there if I didn't feel this way about it. Um, I think Google has a pretty unique culture and I think it's very intentional. When Larry and Sergey started the company, I think the idea was to mimic a college setting specifically in the areas of the sort of freedom that you continue to feel 
the um, immediacy of people around you. Like we're not, we don't like sit in little offices down a hallway. We all sit together on the floor. Um, the like organic collision of ideas and thoughts, uh, qualities that I often describe about Google that I think make it unique and what gives me the sort of psychological safety, I guess, if you will, to flourish there. Um, there's a lot of trust. There's a lot of respect for ideas from a lot of different levels. It is, well, certainly there's a hierarchy. You know, mm -hmm. We have CEO and VP right, right. and I have yeah. a boss's boss's boss, but right. I feel really comfortable talking to people uh, super far above me and, and right. I listen. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if that's true for everyone at Google. I can't say that, but mm -hmm. I have never felt super daunted to try that. Um, and so I feel like I have a huge network across the company at a lot of different levels at this point. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, that, that's, I suppose I sort of veered from the initial question, but it's, um, it is a company that puts a lot of effort and the correct incentives in place to right. keep it that way. You know, right. managers and leaders, it's one thing to tell leaders, like, keep your people working hard and doing the right thing, right? right. Sure. But until you really put the incentives in place, for leaders to be measured by how well are they upholding these standards within their teams and have that right. be part of their overall compensation review every year. Right. Um, I don't, and, and the fact that Google does employ a lot of um, rigor in mm -hmm. putting the right incentives in place, continuing to measure happiness of employees. Um, mm -hmm. I think they, they put their money where their mouth is often. Mm -hmm. I get it. Now, what do you think, so let's hone it down even further. Here you are. Even though we've spoken earlier about the fact that where you're going is very much a creative unfolding process, in terms of the leadership that you would like to further develop and give to the world, what would you say it is? And what, what part of that uh, is thought, thought leadership? What kind of thought leadership barriers would you would like to break through in your own leadership? There were a lot of components to that question. Um, what I heard from the question was, or at least what I could potentially speak to, uh, I definitely think there are certain skills and experiences that I still want to get to sort of get myself to a level where I can have a really high level of impact. Um, so there's skills I need, but I suppose also in your question was, content or type of influence. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't want to like go to my grave being like, I made ad sales just the, the best <laughs> ad sales it can be, right? I, I, right. I have like meaningful impact too. Mm -hmm. um, so certainly some skills and experience I need and I know I want are scale. Um, I know at some point I will have to challenge myself and take on a role where I am just immediately leading a larger group. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that's very clear to me. I know I'll probably need a variety of industry. You know, I've been in tech for a decade, um, whether it's a different side of tech, smaller tech, um, but I think there's a lot to be gained from a diverse set of experiences. And I told you I drank the Google Kool-Aid, like I probably need to pull myself away <laughs> from that bubble at some point. <laughs> um, but in terms of what kind of leadership and thought leadership, I've always believed that this is a novel. I know I paused like this isn't going to be anything groundbreaking, but the higher up you get, the more people who know your name, who know your face, 
who listen to you, mm-hmm. the greater potential for impact you have. Mm-hmm. So I would certainly like to increase that in some way, but I'm certainly still figuring that out. I know that the line where I want my voice to be the loudest and the strongest mm-hmm. in decades from now is probably around areas that might align more with social causes that might align more with larger, more longitudinal issues Mm -hmm. um, rather than just really specific prescriptive things in the industry right now. Like there are a lot of women's issues that I feel pretty strongly about that I would love to be able to have a voice powerful enough to really amplify that message Mm -hmm. Um, that I, I, you know, I attend these women's events at work, but I mean, you know, when Gaga says something, people mm-hmm. listen. So in some ways, it, it's the it's almost like you're like uh, what I hear you say is like you you you're pushing you're pushing things forward, and then we're gonna see where it takes you, right? But it is important for you that it is empowering people and that is uh, lifting up women. And there's some things you do feel strongly about, but it's it's. I, what I hear is that it's much more for you, but kind of like never stopping. Isn't that true? It's because certainly that. And I, because you never did, like you never freaking stopped. You just went like a rig in this Amazon through the jungle and wielded your way no matter what. Like, like where's your stop girl? Like you have like a. I do. I'm way too young to be burnt out yet. No, no, no. I still got a lot of fire. Um, but you know, I do want to clarify. It's not the case that I think, what I'm doing now is just sort of like biding my time and then maybe someday I'll kind of like be there. Um, I really think that Mm. what I'm doing now, you know, I'm at this company for a multitude of reasons, but primarily at its core, I think Google is doing really, really great things around the world that I'm very proud to support. Um, So like on the whole, I think I am starting to be able to have that impact in a smaller way on that sense. But I also think it's really important to recognize that, and this is something I have to remind myself about all the time because I get frustrated. Like I don't have all the answers. I don't know where I want to be in 10 years, but I'm already having influence and everything that I'm doing at this company along the way is part of my journey and is adding. It's not the case that I'm like not having impact, not having impact, not having impact. And then in 10 years from now, I'm going to start, like I'm going to be ready then. That's not what's happening. Right. Um, I think the magnitude to which I will be able to have influence will hopefully bigger then, but these are the years when we are, you know, in many cases, it's younger years when this sort of like radical thinking happens in your brain. And I think these are really critical years for figuring out what you want to stand for and starting to develop the, the experiences that are going to position you to be able to find whatever that platform is in the future. And it might not even exist right now to be able to identify. Right. What, but what do you say about young people then who, who look at you and they're, they're saying to themselves, I, I will never be able to get where she is. Like I, I was speaking to this woman and she goes, when I was little, I asked my mom, you know, those lines in road, the separate lanes. And her mom was like, yeah, I was like, I, I, I don't know if I could do anything else, but I think I can do that when I grow up. I can paint those lines in the middle, middle of the road. <laughs> And it's funny because people really do have those things. Like they feel so overwhelmed. They're thinking like, I 
will only amount to painting the lines to separate like the dividers. Like I can't, I just can't. So hearing you like Yale, Google, like on to, on, onwards and upwards, what do you say to them? Like, oh my God, they, first of all, I still feel that way very much in like a super big way. And this isn't at all trying to say, oh, stars they're just like you like jennifer garner shops at whole foods too um no i i am a lot of my mind space is taken up by the fact that sometimes my gut reaction is still the 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 line painting thing maybe Mm -hmm. on a different scale when i see some people in what i perceive as like bigger more powerful positions i look at them and i look at me and i'm like i don't know how these worlds connect i don't know how i get there um so I would say to them, to say to yourself what I have to say to myself, to be like, snap out of it, Katie. Like, well, you're certainly never going to get there if you think that. Um, mm-hmm. But almost back to this growth mindset saying, like, I am really good. Mm-hmm. Like, if they can get there, I can get there. Right. Um, and I also always have to remind myself as someone who's like a very naturally literal, linear thinker, like A plus B equals C. That is definitely how my brain is wired. I have to remind myself that just because there is not a script in front of me that's like, okay, Katie, at age 32, you do this. At age 33, you do this. Right. Um, Because there was that when we were growing up. And that's important Mm -hmm. to know too, right? Yeah. It's cool. You get good grades. Like it's very peeved out for you. And now it's not anymore. And I have to continue to override my natural Mm -hmm. fear of that to say, Knowing what I want is step one. Knowing I can get there is step two. And those are the most important steps. Figuring out how to kind of get there. There are so many ways to get somewhere. And I don't think that where I am versus where someone else is precludes anybody. Like Google hires people from the craziest array of backgrounds. It's not Mm -hmm. the case. I mean, I'm not an example of that because I'm probably, everyone's like, oh, cookie cutter Yale girl, right? Right. But um, no, my teammates, like, the world becomes flatter and flatter. Mm-hmm. And I guess my like biggest piece of advice if people are feeling daunted or like they never can get to a dream they have is A, ask for it. Right. Just, like just just go and, and apply mm-hmm. or ask mm-hmm. or even go tell someone to hire you for a role that doesn't exist yet. Right. I've done that. Right. Um, and like nine out of 10 times, people probably say no. But mm-hmm. if you get one yes, um, and just, you don't get what you don't ask for. Mm-hmm. So I'd say, mm-hmm. if you know what you want to do and you can see that, right, just start trying. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because that's one impression I have of people who are really successful in sales. Uh, I mean, and you are in sales, is that people go all the, all the, all the way and they get to the finish line where you actually have to ask the question, right? Would you? Oh, yeah. Right. And then they just don't say it. They're like, and that was it. Goodbye. And then out the door. It's like, well, you forgot to ask. They were ready to say yes. It's like, oh, never mind. Yeah. So it's not it, because in some ways we sell all day. You sell, you know, you, you sell yourself to your family over and over. Like, no, no, no. Like, you really want to try this broccoli, kid? Like, it's awesome. Like, you, you sell everywhere you go right? You sell yourself back into your sphere every day. So when people are scared of sales or scared of asking for things, it's like, but you already are more or less consciously. So might as well mm-hmm. just make it conscious. Yeah. 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 No, I am in sales. There's no denying that like mm-hmm. seller right here. 
Uh, right. You're definitely right. Sales 101 training is like, don't forget the ask. Yeah. Go in and yeah. get what you went to the meeting for. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, you know, when I think of times when I have pushed the envelope and just like told someone they should be doing something with me, uh, yeah. I think about, I, um, I did a stint working in Southeast Asia and mm -hmm. with Google. And right. it was for a role that did not exist. I knew mm -hmm. I really wanted some uh, experience in smaller international markets. And I, after, I, I literally just asked everyone I knew, I think I want to do this. Do you know anyone who works here? Do you know anyone who works here? Right. And eventually someone will. Right. And then you just got to tell them what right. it is that, why they need you. Yeah. Um, and again, when you tell people something. Right. The more you tell them, the more they'll believe it. Obviously, I couldn't tell them I was, you know, a, a brain surgeon. Um, but when I go in and say, I have these right. skills, your team needs these skills. Right. Um, let's figure something out. Right. I didn't wait for an email to be sent that said, there's an opportunity in Singapore. Yeah. Welcome to, to our team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and also, isn't it also like, and here's what will happen if you don't do it, right? Because the competition is doing it. Like, like, there's so many ways to get yourself in the door, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think a lot of what I've said does come back to this idea that a lot of it is, is you. You know, right? Yeah. No one, no one's gonna do it for you. No one's gonna right. outline your career for you. Um, no one's gonna say, "Hey, I was just having a cup of coffee this morning and thought of." this great new role I've written, I've done your resume. I have, you know, spoken to the person about it for, you know, like right. people can certainly help and networking right. is definitely key. Right. Um, but people want to help people who right. want to help themselves. Right. No, that makes perfect sense. I want to backtrack a little bit to the timeline and, and also age because you know, ageism is real, but a lot of ageism also exists in our own heads. Like you said, that there was a timeline. First you do this and first you do that, right? And that's all getting now broken up, but it's almost like our brains haven't quite caught up. I remember crying the day I turned 33 because I wasn't enlightened yet. Like Jesus did, like he was already dead by now. And I'm 30 and I didn't even, like, I was distraught. <laughs> like, what kind of, you know, human am I who can't figure this out, right? I just like, I just blew. I hope it's not 33. Right. No, I, I was like, I blew the enlightenment timeline, right? <laughs> Anywho, I'm over it, right? It's fine. It's fine because, mm -hmm. you know, I speak of lifers, like we're lifers. So like once you are where you belong with yourself, like you don't care how long it takes. It takes however long it takes. Like who cares? But we're going to wrap soon. But as we do, I just, just, just tell our audience a little bit about this because a lot of people listening are people who are thinking that their time may have passed, right? They're, they want to transition careers. They might be like you, but they're not. They're, they're more scared than you. They've been in the role for a long time and they want to transition, but they're scared because they're like, oh, no, no, no one's going to have me. I'm too old. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm what have you. So how, what do you, talk to me about that. Talk to me about breaking up this imaginary timeline we have in our heads. Oh my God. Everyone always thinks that the right age is the age that they are not. <laughs> right. Um, 
Oh, that's so, it's so interesting. You know, even just listening to the example you gave, because, so in your example, perhaps some people think they are too old. In my case, I always have to remind myself that I am not too young to do certain things. Um, I am 32 years old. I will be 33 soon. So I hope that's not the cutoff to have the light shine in front of me and, and know oh, all the it answers. Oh, it is. It is. I, you will weep <laughs> bitter tears like I did. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, all right, I'll, so, I'll prepare the Kleenex. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, and it is hard of advice as this is, if you're leaning on your age as a reason not to do something, it's an excuse. And you're letting yourself get away with something because it's an excuse. Um, I suppose the softer and like maybe more thoughtful way to dive into that as well is, again, I, I do make excuses for myself sometimes thinking, well, I don't have enough experience and you know, I haven't been around long enough to, to do one of these like super high positions in another company or something like that. And then you look and you read what, you know, 30 under 30, 40 under 40. And I'm like, well, they weren't thinking that because um, right. they're doing it and I'm the same right. age as them. Right. Um, look around. There are, there definitely will be people who are at your age who are doing what you want to be doing. And if they're right. doing it, you can do it. That's right. Oh, what a great way to end this interview. All right, guys, you've been listening to Katie Galambos. She is a Googler. She is a human extraordinaire. You'll probably hear more from her. Hey, Katie, will you come back on the podcast? Uh, oh, my gosh. And, Any yeah, day. Yeah, all right. Awesome. During quarantine is like the highlight of my week. <laughs> all right. And you're listening to um, Coach Joe and the Boss Lady Speaks. And we will, we will see you next time. Bye. If you liked this episode of The Boss Lady Speaks and if it helped you, make sure to subscribe to get more episodes like these and do share them with others. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.